we're back. Um, I know we tried recording this originally and my computer froze. So back to the old introduction of not having an introduction and we're gonna jump right into things. Sales, motherfucker. We love doing sales. Uh, you sell, I sell, we all sell. Everything is a sale at the end of the day. Wouldn't you agree? Anything that's in the room that you're in right now, no matter where you are, or even if you're outside, everything is a result of a sale. You know, you look at the cars outside, you look at the blinds in your room, you look at the mirror in your room, no matter what it is, it's a product of a sale. There was a sale made at some point that led to it. Even the actions that you take every single minute of every single day, you have to sell yourself on the idea of each individual action. 100%. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, people will always say things like, oh, I don't have time for this, so I don't have time for that. But words are just a smokescreen for the actual meaning of what you're talking about. So when you say something like, I don't have time for something, all that really means is I don't make that a priority that's not important to me. Right. That's when you need to pump value into things. And I know we're both disciples of Belford. Obviously, you've shown me the way more so. Um, I know. I know people have shown you the way obviously uh the idea of looping and objection handling which is an absolute beautiful thing you know asking for something getting that objection whatever it may be banking social security number credit card right and you you get the oh i gotta think about it oh i gotta talk to my wife oh i gotta talk to the homeless guy down the street oh i gotta talk to my drug dealer you know and they're saying you're, you're looping back into representing the information value, whether it be legitimacy, you know, selling yourself. What's your favorite objection handle that you use on your day-to-day -day, uh, sales role career? Sure. Well, the, the, the true beauty of any sale is that every single sale is the same. So it doesn't matter what the prospect says after you've done your presentation, when they tell you anything that you just said, I want to think about it. I want to talk to the tooth fairy. You know, it doesn't matter what they say. The words don't mean anything. They're just a smokescreen for some type of uncertainty, whether that uncertainty is towards the value of the product, whether it's towards their trust in your company, whether it's towards the trust of, of you as a salesperson, or maybe they just have a very high action threshold. But at the same time, you want to approach everything the same. So my favorite thing to say is after they've seen everything I had to talk about and they give me whatever BS they want to give me, I always hear them. You know, they're always saying words. I hear that you're saying words, but let me ask you a question. Does the idea make sense to you? Do you like the idea? Because if they don't like the idea, nothing else matters. And if they don't like the idea, now you have to prove to them why they need to love the idea. Right. Okay, so, so basically that's always your first loop. I know that's always the, the way to gauge value on a scale of one to 10, basically where they are in terms of that, whether they react, oh my God, yeah, I really love the idea. They're like, yeah, it's okay. You know, you can sort of gauge exactly where they are on that scale, which right. I absolutely love. And Belford talks about that all the time. My right. favorite objection handle is not necessarily at banking, because banking's sort of clinical, it's, it's the same concept. You know, when they give me something, loop back into value, loop back into legitimacy, loop back towards me. My favorite is when I ask for somebody's social in the very beginning of the call, two to three minutes in, and they're like, uh, I don't know about giving you my social, I don't know who you are. I hear you. 
Now, keep in mind, my program is overseen and regulated by the U.S. Bar Association. All accounts are federally insured. If I were to disclose your information or use it in my own personal benefit, I would lose my job, my kids would lose dinner off the table, and that'd be a felony. I'm not going to risk my family's security and safety over your debt. You know what I mean? Hearing you say that in action is fucking hilarious. <laughs> I use that like 20 times a day. <laughs> I mean, it makes a lot of sense because what you're doing is you're satisfying the logical mind because in logic, everything you just said made complete sense. But at the end of the day, and this is very important for the viewers, words are only 9% importance. 91% importance is tonality and body language. Now, when you're on the phone with someone, you only have tonality. So body language doesn't matter. But at the same time, the way that you're expressing your words is so much more important because he could have easily said, you know, like, I mean, why would I care about your debt? You know, like with your debt, you know, it's not, you know, I'm not going to risk my life over it. But instead he says, I'm not going to risk my life over your debt. You know what I mean? It, you're saying the same words, but they mean two totally, completely different things. Right. Now I have to disagree, when you, uh, disagree with you on one small thing that you mentioned. I don't know if it's necessarily small, but you mentioned that body language doesn't matter when you're conveying your words over the phone. And it absolutely does because when you're putting more emphasis on things like I'm doing now, you can't see me, but I always throw my finger up when I'm trying to emphasize a point. Um, when I'm being matter of fact, as I know you do, you've taught me this, you know, move your hands in a certain way. When you're conveying your body language to match what you're saying and your tonality and your enthusiasm, it goes a long way in conveying that sort of enthusiasm. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. I'm not, I'll clarify what I meant by that. I meant that when you're on the phone, the only thing they hear is your tonality, meaning right, right. you're not giving them your body language. Yes, you're still doing your own body language. Like you just, everything you just said is correct and true. But to clarify that point, what I was saying was that they're not seeing your body language when you're on the phone is what I'm saying. Yes, you can still make gestures and, you know, move around and do things with your hands and all that like we do. But I'm saying that they're not physically seeing your body language on the phone. Right. Now, I knew, I know you're one of the founders of your company. Um, I know you take great pride in your company and you dedicate a whole lot of, inve you invest a whole lot of time into your company. What's the favorite part about selling your product? Favorite part of being part of the company or favorite part of actually Sell selling? Selling the product. My favorite part of selling the product is the fact that I'm educating people who are so good at what they do in their jobs because I work with doctors mostly, I would say 99% of our clients are doctors, but they absolutely know jack shit about their online presence. They literally do not know a single thing about how to make their online presence perfect and to actually convert patients. So watching the aha moment from doctors when I'm able to educate them, because as a salesperson, you're an educator and you don't sell a product. What you do is you teach people something that they don't know and you kindly guide them and lead them into the direction so that they can make a decision that makes their life better off than they're in versus that very moment that they're in right now and where they've been previous to that. So with that being said, that moment that I get a doctor to see how many visitors they get to their website or something that they had no idea even existed before that now they can utilize 
and just watching and just hearing in their voice how thankful they are that now going forward, they don't have to worry about these problems that they've had in the past. <laughs> it just, it's just incredible. Right. As creators of circumstance, we overcome challenges and obstacles, but when we sell and convey what, and, and try and increase their pain and lower their action threshold, they have problems that they need to overcome because they need, we need them to feel that pain because people buy an emotion, as you previously mentioned, right? 100%. So people justify with logic. So there still needs to be logic to take care of the mind, but people don't buy on logic. Think about how many times you've been in a store, for example, and you said, you know what, those are a really nice pair of shoes. I'm going to come back tomorrow and I'm going to buy them. Logically, it made sense for you to buy those shoes, but there was something that was holding you back. And the logical mind just says, yeah, yeah, I'll come back tomorrow. Tomorrow comes, you wake up and you're like, yeah, I'm not buying those shoes. And that's because now the emotions are gone. So you do need the, you do need the logical mind to be satisfied first off, but then there needs to be a way that you're moved emotionally. And that's why sales are so powerful. And that's why it's such an important thing. And this is a lesson to all of our viewers out there on the point where you said of the word problems, remove that from your daily life immediately. Anytime you feel that you have a problem or you have a personal problem, change that word to challenges and obstacles. There's no such thing as problems. There are challenges and obstacles that you have. Right. The first thing I think of is a hurdler jumping the hurdles, you know, on the track rather than, you know, a problem, a big scary monster staring at you at your bedside. Also, I want to incorporate the other word that needs to be eliminated from everybody's vocabulary, and that's should. Because should implies a lack of commitment to action. As a creator of circumstance, you need to commit to action. You need to be passionate about action. You need to just, I, I, I'm wearing the shirt. Obviously, you can't see it. Nike, just do it. You know, just do things. And when you say, oh, I should, as Belford says, oh, I should do my taxes. Oh, you know, I, I should go after that girl. Oh, you know, I should interview for that job. You're, you're justifying, you're satisfying your emotional need and desire and just like imaging your head, but you're not actually committing to the action. And that needs to be removed from your, your vocabulary. Absolutely. 100%. And to quote the great Jordan Belfort, who I've learned a lot from over these past couple of years, when you're using should, you're shoulding all over yourself. Remove that word immediately from your vocabulary. It is, it is honestly, it, it is the most disempowering word in the English dictionary. Problems is definitely up there as well, but should is the absolute worst word. You'll never hear that word out of my mouth unless I'm teaching a segment like we're doing right now. And at the end of the day, that needs to be changed to change to must and need. So never use the word should in your daily life yeah. ever again. It makes what me a, cringe every time I hear that word. <laughs> and to end the segment, I have but one question for you. Go ahead. Should you never have any problems? Oh. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> I, I feel like I just got stabbed. <laughs> you, you, got, you got stabbed because I just should all over you? Anyway, see you later. <laughs>